Here is your breaking fake news this morning. At the upcoming Democratic debate, candidates will pitch their innovative plans for inflicting brutal revenge on all Trump voters. Westerville, Ohio, at the upcoming debate, to appease billions of people around the world eagerly anticipating the next debate between the top 12 Democratic candidates, the DNC has issued a press release regarding the subject matter of this week's televised event. We've decided to forego conversation around policy and skip right to the good stuff, said DNC Chairman Tom Perez. We're going to ask the candidates for their bold and innovative strategies for inflicting swift and painful revenge on Trump and all the evil racists who voted for him. It's what the base wants. The Petty Prophet has reached out to frontrunner campaigns for a sneak peek at these strategies. Biden's team has floated traditional approaches such as inquisitions, crusades, and disarmament. Elizabeth Warren is currently planning to introduce a plan to round up all the evil red MAGA people and force them onto reservations, scalping all who resist. Kamala Harris's team is looking at everything from compulsory abortion to mass incarceration of all conservatives caught with flavored vape juice. The Bernie Sanders campaign has decided to play it safe, foregoing all the exciting solutions posed by the other frontrunners. Campaign strategists were heard saying, we think regular socialism alone will probably do the trick. This is the Petty Profit Podcast. I am Joel Berry. Good morning. Okay, so I'm sure all of you are aware, because who isn't, right? Um, There is another, yet another Democratic debate being held tomorrow, uh, actually close to where I live, um, relatively speaking, in Westerville, Ohio, Otterbein College. It's uh, it's set to be, they're saying it's going to be the largest debate in history in terms of how many candidates are on the stage. We're going to have 12 candidates on the stage. So, um, and I don't know how long this thing is going to be, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, exciting viewing, I'm sure. I mean, you know, at this point, I don't know if any of the Democrats seriously intend on, on defeating Trump at this point. I, I, I don't know. They, they seem to have kind of become parodies of themselves recently. I mean, the in the last few debates in the, the CNN town halls that we've seen, they've advocated all kinds of popular positions, such as raising taxes on the middle class, um, promoting abortions around the world for poor people in order to save the planet, uh, punishing churches who don't support gay marriage, free health care for illegal immigrants, forced confiscating of guns, taxpayer-funded gender changes for prisoners. You know, I, I know they're playing to their base, but at this point they've provided so many good sound bites for future RNC ads you know i don't i don't see how they can ever break out beyond their base to appeal to a wider audience unless the media successfully you know the media and big tech successfully manage to suppress some of the outlandish things they've been saying in these town halls recently so we'll see uh, i'm probably not going to watch it i'll probably find some good highlights for the next day and i'm sure it'll be some juicy material so Stand by for that one. I don't know how many more of these things there are, but uh, they, they're always good for for the sake of parody and for the sake of, of exposing some of the the true ideology behind uh, behind progressivism, leftism. These debates in town halls have been extremely useful for that. So for that, I'm thankful. So today, just real quick, I'd like to talk about the divide in this country. And I know 
so many people have talked about the divide in America and, and what to make of it and where it comes from, and people have different opinions on that. But I think America has always been divided. You know, we, I mean, we did fight a civil war. We have to put all this into perspective. You know, it, it seems sometimes that we've never been more divided ever before in our history. But there was a time when we were actually killing each other on our, on our own soil. So I don't think anything we're seeing is, is totally out of the norm. But our divide, our political and social divide, has been amplified by the media. And there is an element to it that I do think is unique, at least in our history as Americans. Something that is concerning to me. You know, I think that the, the deep political, cultural, ideological divide in America, at least as we see it today, I think it can be traced back to the diminished influence of Christianity over the last hundred years. I think Christianity brought with it a, a cultural consensus, a base for truth that we all generally agreed on, the important things. And as the influence of, of Christianity on our culture has diminished, we've seen a, a divide form between us. You know, while modern liberalism, I think, can often be disguised as grace, divorced from truth, it can also be argued that modern conservatism is often truth divorced from grace. You know, think Ben Shapiro, facts don't care about your feelings, that whole idea. Although, you know, it, it can be argued that both sides are having problems with truth and both sides are having problems with grace at this point. But Christians have a different perspective on this. We follow a man named Jesus who we believe was God incarnate. And the Bible in John chapter 1 says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. For centuries, our Christian culture was able to unite these two seemingly opposing forces, grace and truth. And you saw it manifested, you know, freedom versus personal restraint, free markets versus charity grace and truth. It's kind of a yin-yang dynamic playing out. And Christianity, with its followings of the teachings of Christ, was the glue that held these two seemingly opposing forces together and and made them make sense. I mean, these two elements, grace and truth, are, are two intertwined elements of love. You can't have love without grace, and you can't have love without truth. And over time, as Christian culture has faded, grace and truth, you know, which were once perfectly united and embodied in the picture of Christ, grace and truth have been shattered and separated from each other and and, and then turned into weapons against each other. You know, G.K. Chesterton had this idea that if you break the big laws, you don't get anarchy, you get a bunch of small laws. In other words, you know, if you ignore the universal truths, if you miss the big picture, then what ends up happening is that truth ends up getting fractured into a bunch of little half-truths that people take as gospel. And, and that's what you've found, I think, with, with grace and truth. People are devoting themselves to one or the other and missing the big picture, which is Jesus, which is the gospel. And that's what, in part, I think, made Brant Jean's forgiveness of Anne Geiger a few weeks ago such a powerful gesture, because it was that rare moment where we saw grace and truth, uh, mercy and justice, working together in harmony. And it was a real thing of beauty and and just a real supernatural moment that I think a lot of people couldn't explain, but deep down knew that there was something beautiful about it. So whether you're a progressive Christian, disgusted by the crass unkindness of Trump, or a Trump voter, angry at the lies of progressivism, don't let that political polarization become your North Star. 
as the Bible tells us, keep your eyes on Jesus, who is full of grace and truth, and do your best to keep comparing yourself to Jesus instead of the opposition, and see how that changes your perspective. Because Christ's home is not with the Trump voting right, and it's not with the progressive left. Christ is a lot more complicated and is calling a lot more difficult than the cultural dogmas we're immersed in every day. And yet his invitation to us is simple. Look to Jesus, all of him, not just part of him, not just the things you like, but also the things that challenge you. Instead of allowing the culture to define who Jesus is to you, let him speak for himself through the words of scripture and the Holy Spirit to your heart and mind. In doing so, you'll find that the lies and the twisted truths of both progressive as well as right-wing sensibilities will melt away, and the person of Christ is so much more beautiful than all that. Then, just cling to it. Just cling to it while our culture swings wildly back and forth. There's a real peace. There's a real peace and stability in that. So, that's just my quick word for this morning. I hope you have a great week. May you uh, work hard, do your best for God's glory, uh, love those around you, and just let me leave you with a few words of encouragement uh, from Jeremiah, Second uh, Thessalonians, and Psalms. God will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. He is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. So as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Our souls find rest in God, and our salvation comes from him. May your soul find rest in God this week. Have a great week. I will talk to you tomorrow. I'll have more. I have some exciting uh, interviews and some some cool material coming up for you this week. So I'm looking forward to that. As always, you can reach me at contact at thepettyprofit.com or you can reach me on the website, www.thepettyprofit.com. Thank you for listening and see you tomorrow.